Hi everyone. Today's episode is brought to you by Fuelixer. Fuelixer is the sports nutrition subscription box built for endurance athletes and enthusiasts. Every weekend, thousands of men and women strap on their running shoes, hop on their bikes, plunge into pools to train for the next big race. From newbies to Olympic athletes, these individuals are serious about their sports. Spending thousands of dollars on equipment, coaching, and training, all in an effort to reach their peak. They don't know it, but they're missing something. The power they are after isn't in the fancy gear or in coaching alone. The real secret is nutrition. And when it comes to sports performance, what you put in your body matters as much as what you do with your body. Rather than shipping subscribers a random box of sports nutrition products, Fuelixer builds boxes using a combination of performance data from Strava, nutrition requirements, and taste preferences. Fuelixer sees the types of workouts you do and gets insights into the weekly training volume. Fuelixer combines this data with nutrition requirements and your preferences gathered through the Fuelixer survey. Empowered by sports nutritionists, ex-pro cyclists, competitive athletes, in a little math, Fuelixer's journey begins by doing the shopping, researching, and calculating for you, the athlete. Fuelixer makes practicing sports nutrition a personalized experience for newbies all the way to U.S. Olympic athletes. It's easy and fun to get started. All you have to do is go to fuelixer.com, connect your Strava performance data, take a quick nutrition survey, and boom, Fuelixer selects the sports nutrition gels, bars, chews, hydration, protein, and recovery fuel that fit your individual nutritional requirements and preferences. All you do is you choose your Fuelixer recommended box size that was calculated based on your historical performance data. With Fuelixer, you can unlock your potential and really get back to what you are most passionate about. Whether it's cycling, running, or swimming, Fuelixer fuels you. Now, let's tune in to the Fuel Talk podcast. Hello, world. This is Pablo Quiroga, your host uh, for Fuel Talk. This is episode 45, and we have Huskinopolis in the house. We are here in uh, Vesta Coffee uh, in Las Vegas. Yeah, just give you a little background on, on Jason. Uh, he was born, actually, Jason Husky, uh, out of Chicago, Illinois. He's a music producer and performance artist. Huskinopolis got his start in music at the age of nine and has been performing in venues across the United States. Currently writing an album, Huskinopolis draws creative inspiration from shared musical experience, intuition, and a variety of influential artists. Jason, my friend, Pleasure having you here, man. Yeah, so good, so to, meet good to meet you. Yeah. Um, it was awesome that you know you rode here and you're Bianchi in downtown Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. That was exciting. As was mentioned, I started music when I was nine years old. I joined choir. Uh, my mother was always very supportive as far as music goes. Um, I think she couldn't actually wait for me to start doing music because when I was like two or three years old, she would quiz me all the time about like. She'd play a song, yeah, and she would ask me, "Oh, who plays this song? What yeah. song is it?" Yeah, yeah. And so I developed a musical here like very early on, 
then uh, yeah, choir nine, middle school and high school band, and then when I was 13, she bought me a bass guitar, and so yeah, <laughs> then I just started jamming. Um, I had like a like one of those books with like a tablature book. Okay. But I got through it really quick, and then after that, I would sit and listen to songs on the radio and learn songs by ear. Yeah. And then yeah. eventually started writing my own music. Yeah. Forming bands at the age of 14. Oh, that's it. What was your? What was the name of your first band? I don't really want to say it. <laughs> it's kind of oh, come on, come right. on, come on. Every, uh, everyone's everyone's first band is embarrassing. It's true. That's very true. So I walk into band practice. We didn't know what our band name was, and uh, one of the guitarists just, you know, he's like, "Oh yeah, our name's 80 Proof." 80 Proof. 80 Proof. Yeah. Why 80 Proof? Like alcohol 80 Proof? Yeah, or alcohol or? related. Oh, okay, okay. You know, so you, yeah. When you're 14, 15. <laughs> you were always looking for 80 proof for above, yeah? You know, surprisingly, I, all I was drinking was beer back then. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, I guess, I guess that was just me and my friends. And I <laughs> yeah. Oh, right on, man. So what, what type of music was this? Uh, did 80 proof It was punk play? band. Punk band. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Like a typical, like, teenage. What was your inspiration for, for your punk bands? What's, were you into, like, um, Black Flag, Agent Orange? Oh, yeah. Like, Black Flag was Rancid. Yeah. Um, one of the guitarists really liked No Effects. No Effects, of course. Yeah. So I his, saw them. I saw them. Yeah. His lyrics were um, like inspired by that. Okay. I was really into Anti-Flag. Anti-Flag. Black of Flag. Conflict. Crass. Uh, oh yeah. Like civil disobedience. I used to go to the uh, Warp Tour. Okay. You know the summer Warp Tour festivals back when they were like cool. Yeah, you know? yeah, I remember that. Back when they were cool, like I, I think that was like the first time I ever had the um, I was fortunate enough to smell marijuana you know I, I didn't know what that was mm -hmm. uh, at all I was never never exposed to it until this festival mm -hmm. and I was like what is that you know I was like isn't it the first time like people just hauling around like under underneath sweaters and stuff you know and um, those festivals were like a whole experience man yeah you go all day it changed my life you yeah know? I was like after because I, I would walk in there I played soccer my whole life so it's just yeah. like us and our soccer friends and we just like drink beer or whatever go there um, I was into punk and stuff but I was never like deep into a punk culture you know I went to this like suburban like private school you know so it wasn't like uh, you know just like a couple kids I thought they were punks but really they were just like you know on a skateboard and khakis or whatever yeah so it was I no used big to skateboard deal. a lot myself <laughs> I still do from time to time yeah but yeah. I agree like the uh, the work tour festival like you go there you're there all day Maybe you're there with some friends, but by like the end of the day, you've met so many new people yeah. and learned a lot about yeah. other people and about yourself. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. You used to go into the mosh pits. Yeah. You know, uh, I remember um, at the end of uh, it was no no effects and then Pennywise. Oh yeah, Pennywise. You know, Pennywise. Broem. Broem. Yeah. On yeah. that like on that was like choir, bro. Like. You know, we would uh, hold hold hands crossed like this and just start spinning and hitting as many people as, as we could, you know? And yeah. it was it was it was cool. It was cool. It was like a ceremony, you know, like at the end, everyone's just raging. Yeah. Um all right, cool. Yeah, so I don't know, some some people might be thinking like, okay, why are we talking about music? You know, why 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 do we have like a, a music producer like on a field talk? What does it have to do? Well, at Field Talk what we, what we do is we find and we're searching for gold in DNA, human DNA, and people that, you know, are doing something uh, different, period, you know? And yes, there is some tie to cycling, 
uh, ties to endurance sports, uh, running triathlons, you know, I'm pretty sure that in a, in a few moments here, we're going to find out very clearly um, a trait that I think a lot of people share, which is tenacity in life. And that is something that endurance athletes have to have. You know, yeah, they have to definitely. have that. They have to have that. They have to keep on wanting to go and go and go on that search of, you know, optimizing performance or whatnot. Well, I'm sure that you do that in your own way um, it, with music, you know, searching for more and searching on how like, you can uh, increase your knowledge of music, uh, how to position yourself in different cultures or in places in New York, have different experiences that give you different outlooks um, that you can take back and put that into music, you know, and, and transmit those emotions to people. So that's kind of what I want to talk about. Um, so let's go a little bit back to cycling before we jump okay. into music. Cool. Uh, what kind of ignited your journey into, you know, being on the bike? Like, how did you find uh, your first bicycle? Was it given to you by your parents, or did you, you st- did you steal one? Or so my very first bike, um, I was four years old. Yeah, and that was like kind of the the culture I grew up in. It was like you get your first bike at four. Okay, and then you learn how to ride it. And then you learn how to ride without training wheels. Yeah. But then there was a long period of time where I didn't ride. I skateboarded. Um, and then I came back to the bicycle in 2011, actually. I had just gotten out of the Air Force. Okay. I was living in San Diego. Wow. Um, dating this girl, and she really loved road bikes. And I got a road bike so we could go on bike rides together. Yeah. And then I ended up loving the bike like way more than I loved her. <laughs> It was a joke, but of course, yeah, it didn't work out, is what I'm saying. Yeah, but I kept, I'm sure it was I true in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I kept with the bike. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I moved back to Vegas, and I sold my car. And actually, when I moved back to Vegas, I ended up, coincidentally enough, um, living above Danny in the same apartment complex. Danny Walters. Yeah, yeah and yeah. then we started riding together, and he helped me train for a long-distance bike ride. Nice. I don't know if he, he ever mentioned that. No, no, okay. no. So he dropped me off in Barstow, California with, uh, I had a Jameis steel frame at the time and uh, some panniers. And uh-huh. I rode from Barstow to Monterey, California. What? And then back. When was this? This was 2000. Thirteen, two thousand thirteen. Yeah, that's, that's, that's not too long ago, man. Yeah. That's intense, man. Yeah. How was that? Like, what? Oh, it was what very, did you do? Very did you stop in hostels and stuff? Or I think one night, one one night I got a hotel. Uh-huh. It's like five hundred miles. Yeah. Each each way. Yeah. And there was a night where oh, I had a friend in L.A. I crashed with him, but then I didn't have any friends between L.A. and Monterey. So I got a hotel one night in San Luis Obispo, but there was one night I couldn't get a hotel anywhere because it's on the I was on the Pacific Coast Highway. Yeah, yeah. And I ended up sleeping on the patio of a restaurant. <laughs> yeah. Nice. It was cool. Nice. There was like bats flying around and raccoons and everything. Oh my god. Yeah. I mean, and I'm sure you have like that visually implanted in your brain like forever. You know? 
yeah. on a trip like that. Yeah. That's amazing. And it was a trip, for sure. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's amazing, man. That's really cool. So, um, what, well, I mean, I don't know, what ignited, what initiated that? Like, why did you want to do that? Like, who just goes and wants to do 500 miles? Yeah. Um, I don't remember the exact moment when I decided that, but leading up to it, I was watching, there's this uh, documentary called Ride the Divide. Yeah. It's about that mountain bike race. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and then Danny showed me this documentary about the Kenyan bicycle team. Okay, yeah, the Rwandan team. Yeah, Rwandan team, yeah. sorry. Yeah. yeah. And so I was watching a lot of those videos leading up to that, and I drew inspiration and motivation from that. Oh, man, I'm, we're kind of yeah. like, that's that's so funny because, um, you know, I, I, I we, we recently watched the film at uh, Camp Cannabitage in Utah okay. with the guys from uh, Sabotage Cycling. Uh, Danny and I went out there, and we all watched uh, that film that's being produced by uh, Cycling Tips called okay. Thereabouts about these two brothers from Australia. They go out and ride. I don't know if you've seen it or not. I haven't seen it. But uh, on their latest trip, they went and, and just did this like excursion ride in Colombia. You know, and basically found out the mountains over there and the rides over there are like two, three times harder than they are in France. You know, so they're like, why, why are these tournaments out in Europe doing these roads are so much harder, you know? Right. Um, and then right after that, I found out that there's these two French guys right now that at the end of their trip, they rode all the way from the top of Venezuela down to Patagonia, so the whole tip to tip of South America. Oh wow! And they're at they're at the like at the tail end of their ride right now, um, but on June they're gonna have a ride that's gonna go from Ecuador to uh, to Machu Picchu in Peru, and the total climb is something like it's over sixty thousand meters. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah, and like but but those types of I saw that ride I was like. You know, I'm not ready for that. There's no way. But I, those are the type of rides that kind of, like, get me going. I love these, like, long rides, you know. You find out about yourself, about who you yeah. are. <laughs> and, like, that to me is, like, to me, I don't know. I, I get, I'm attached to that. It, it gets me going more than just, like, racing someone, you know, around a circle. Even though I've never raced in a crate or anything like that. Um, I think there's, I don't know, I'm searching for more than just, like, my power meter numbers, you know, mm -hmm. um, on the bike. So that's amazing that you did that ride. I, I, I want to do something like that. Hopefully by by the end of this year, I'll, we'll try to do something crazy. Yeah. Um, you can cool, definitely man. do it. Um, the most challenging thing, or most of the challenges, honestly, were in here. Yeah, in your mind. All in there. Yeah. 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 It's your mind. It's your mind. It's a powerful thing. You know, you can either. Let it take over you, mm -hmm. and it manages your your entire human ecosystem, or you manage it, you know, and, and you block it, you know, and, and then you get into this space of flow where there's no mind, and that's where all the magic happens, I think, you know? Yeah. Uh, people call it in the zone, but that's like, it's like, that's when the brain isn't working, you know, because subconsciously you're, you're at like peak performance, I think. Um, so, anyways, uh, Cool, man. You know, how did you actually get into um, producing music? I mean, how do you go from singing in the choir, probably, to listening to music and, you know, uh, banging on the drums uh, and on the bass to a, you know, a punk riff to now producing? Uh, how, what's, can you tell us a little bit about that journey and how it's oh, been? Yeah. yeah. So, um, when I was in the military, I was in this band, I played drums for a band called Gymnasty, okay. and 
they at least two of the band members had like digital recording software okay and I got a hold of some and I started playing around with it and then I was deployed one time and I wanted to make music but I didn't have my band with me um, so I got a copy of Reason from the bass player okay his name's Wes Conley he actually still does music now he it's like a MC hip-hop kind of okay. it's okay. really good actually okay I have, um, you have to pass it pass it to me I want to hear it okay yeah, cool. yeah. so yeah I got a hold of a copy of Reason and I you know you just play around with it until you learn it yeah. or you can like look at tutorials but I've always been I've always enjoyed playing with something to learn because okay. from a young age that's how we learn yeah by playing so long story short I was uh, I was just playing and I ordered like a MIDI controller to USB into my keyboard or into my computer okay. and I started playing these melodies on a piano because the piano is like the most familiar sound so that's why I, that's why I started with the piano okay okay and I had a riff and then I put a drum beat to it and then uh, every eight bars I layered in a new sound and then I built it to a certain point without bringing it too high put like a small break in there and then brought it back like like that yeah and then it was everything from before from the build with like a little bit extra like after, like after that it's not like technical terms I'm using but you, you get you get the feeling get it. Out you, of cre- it. you created your own like type of a uh, cycle yeah right of yeah. um a power through music mm-hmm. yeah you, 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 it was like its own cadence or whatever you want to say if you're talking okay. about cycling terms right yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and uh, then the song goes from like this big like built up plateau and then it kind of fades into what sounds like another song which to me is reminiscent of dreaming you know because dreams shift and they change yeah they're not like beginning middle end and summary it's like you you come up and then you go somewhere and then you go somewhere else or maybe you go here or yeah. maybe you go here you know yeah and so the song morphs into a different a different song i had a friend tell me that, that he thought it was a different song so it was like cross-dimensional yeah yeah sure yeah um it's actually i still have that song on my soundcloud okay so I'll get you the link. And yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Cool, cool, man. So, um, you, so okay. So then you you started connecting with like your own reasons and 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 wants and discoveries, uh, you know, through through music. You mm-hmm. started finding layers. You started, you know, um, you know, discovering those punchlines and and and. But like, I mean, I don't know. Like, what what really is your muse for? you know, creating anything, like what attracts you to a certain sound, you know, because music, there's sounds at the end of the day, just sounds, okay? Yeah. Like we can create music like with our mouths or just by tapping our hands on the table and you, you get a beat. So what is it about the sounds that you're creating that, like what's influencing those things? Okay. I'll use an example. Um, one song that I'm writing right now, actually, I was laying on my back um, after like doing yoga and just like humming and feeling where the notes are 
like if they're here or if they're here. So you're, I, you're breathing, right? And humming, I mean, mm -hmm. yeah, okay. And then just finding notes and then finding a group of notes that I like and then adding a rhythm that feels good. And then I had a riff and then I immediately got up, went to my computer, put the notes in and then I have a lot of different plugins that have different instruments and different sounds. Yeah. So once I get the MIDI notes mapped out, I'll cycle through different instruments or different sounds until I feel the one that is meant for those notes. It's pretty wild. It's pretty wild. I just, um, that'd be pretty cool to kind of like, that'd be really cool to somehow capture uh, people breathing. Mm. different patterns of breath mm. in yoga and seeing how that kind of uh, correlates to different instruments you know uh, basically a choir of breath if you will yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know maybe, yeah, maybe, I, maybe, maybe throw in like a Tibetan bowl in there or something you know I don't know um, gnarly man I went you know I, I went to with my uh, with my wife we went to this event last year called Vegas Gone Yoga and oh, I've we, heard about that. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was really cool. Um, so I get out of the, we get out of this class and we walk out towards the sun because it was like inside a room. So I was like, I, I want to get some sun right now. So we go out to the sun. There's like this lawn. It's over at the uh, uh, the Reserve Springs right over here mm -hmm. um, on the off the 15. And all of a sudden, I start hearing kind of like this humming thing and I have a Tibetan bowl at home oh, cool. so I you know I kind of heard this like pitch and this like sound this vibrations kind of drew us to this area it's kind of far from where we were but it just like somehow we ended up there bro all of a sudden there's just like waves of sound hitting us and we're like we both look at each other and we're like what so we get closer closer and all of a sudden I see like seven people just laying on the ground and behind them are these uh, gigantic gongs okay. and big Tibetan bowls and like these uh, water bowls with people playing music on the rim through vibrations. So basically, they were creating a, an ocean of vibrations and people were just laying there. So essentially, they call these sound baths. Yeah, yeah. I'd lay down and close my eyes. Bro, talk about like flying through dimensions like you know there was nothing there was no drug involved in this there was nothing but pure energy you know and the power of energy and where that can take you um, yeah very so, powerful because you were drawn to a place without knowing because you felt it without realizing you were feeling it until you get closer and then you hear it yeah but clearly you heard it before you could hear it of course yeah so then I started doing a little bit more like uh, I guess discovery after that whole experience and you know I, I kind of wanted to you know everything I'm like you know how can I get something out of it while I'm on the bike like while I'm cycling and change what I'm doing and what I'm thinking while I'm riding because um, you know like I ride in groups a lot or I'll go on rides and you know, sometimes the group conversations are just like, I don't know, I, I really don't want to be in that conversation or whatever, you know, but, but the people are cool, so we're riding. So sometimes I'll just uh, try to do drop myself into a meditation, you know. Um, I did this. How does that work? It happens, okay. like, kind of, like, by itself. Okay. It's I don't really, like, 
say, oh, okay, I'm gonna start meditating. It just, I create a cadence with my breath, obviously with my legs, um, with my motion. And then I just get into the sequence where there's no mind. And when that goes away, uh, I feel super relaxed and I feel like I can breathe. And, you know, I'll look down and I'm keeping up with whoever's in the front, you know, and I'm like, I'm feeling good. Um, but that'd be really cool, man, to work on a, on like a breath song, you know? Yeah. <laughs> for like, for a ride, you know? That's awesome. Um, all right. I'll keep that in mind. Yeah, let's keep on going. Um, what type of research do you do for, you know, in, inspiring you to like, to write other things? Like, do you, you know, do you go into like grungy clubs? Do you, uh, you know, go on the web, uh, on the dark web? Do you go out like for a ride? Um, what type of research are you doing besides just laying down on the floor after yoga and listening to your breath? Right. Um, so I find that every landscape, every environment, every different scene inside of a city has its own soundtrack. Like, yeah, you can hear this coffee machine. Yeah, yeah. Or like you said, a yoga class with breathing. Um, aside from just like tuning into my surroundings, like I'll go see live music, whether or not it's even in the ballpark of what I want to do. For instance, I went and saw Darkest Hour. It's a metal band. Okay. They played last night at the Beauty Bar. Cool, I haven't heard of them. They're good. They're yeah, good. yeah. Um, I'm not writing metal, but... The unconscious is a unpredictable thing. Yeah. So who knows what I'll gain from that? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Um, I've been to open mics a lot. Um, they have some at Hop Nuts right over there. Yeah. San Diego has an electronic open mic, which I found very interesting as well. What is that like? It's everybody brings their like synthesizers and MIDI controllers, and they get like eight minutes to do whatever they want. And people just sit there and like get deep into a, there was this a, one guy he made like the most amazing soundscapes for like 10 so minutes sick. like it wasn't a traditional song yeah but it brought me somewhere else I bet know? yeah I bet that's awesome man yeah <laughs> I want to go to one of those that's cool yeah um, alright yeah so you, you're just kind of like I think all great artists you know they derive their inspirations and their creativities from different spaces and mm -hmm. not doesn't even have to be like music you know it might be like poetry or something else or art know? even or art I recently yeah. was in New York and I went to the Museum of Modern Art I was at MoMA was amazing sick right I saw the Van Gogh Starry Night for the first time in my life in real you know yeah. in person yeah so. yeah. yeah yeah did you did you go into their uh what type of crazy stuff did you see in their contempt like the the extreme contemporary area that they have? I had I had a like limited time. Oh okay, okay. So I saw the Van Gogh and then I went up to the top floor and I forget the artist's name. Yeah. But he was really he worked a lot with contrast, which I found interesting. I I've been reading a lot about contrast and like a yin and yang type of thing? Yeah, and okay. how it plays such a role, like even here you can tell. This establishment has made great use of contrast to keep you interested in, in being in here, you know? Yeah. Um, contrast works in music, it works in public speaking, it works in art, it works everywhere because we don't want to just stay in one place the whole time. It's not interesting. Yeah. So we go into like a scenario and we start somewhere and then we see where we can move. 
and then we start our way towards that, but maybe we fall back down, and then we come back up, and we keep reaching to where we can be until eventually we get there. Yeah. And so yeah. in that, like, part of that, um, I got that from the hero's journey. Hero's no, journey. No, no. Okay, it's a, it's like a Jungian psychology kind of uh, thing. Okay. Yeah. Tell me more. Carl Jung. I well, that's the basic overview. Okay. Like, they, <laughs> Tell me more. Okay. Right? <laughs> so the the hero, he's like, okay, I'm gonna leave my regular life behind because there's something greater I want to accomplish with myself and with my life. Uh huh. So he he goes, and he's shown along the way, either internally or externally. Um, where he can be and so he reaches it and then he has challenges to overcome and then there's a turning point where he can either go back to the life he lived before unchanged still a little bit challenged but unchanged or he can keep going through everything and then his challenges like make him stronger and actually build him up for like a final boss type of thing, okay. you know? Okay. So he can, you know, conquer the final boss, whatever that is, you know, not literally like a boss, but yeah, yeah. whatever that is inside. I get it. And then return back to his homeland with all of this like experience he's acquired and he can give that experience to his people and help them along their way. Where are you in this, in your life journey? If I am, I'm like nomadic right now, so I've left my life, my previous life behind, and I'm finding my way. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So you were reborn? Not yet. No, you're not yet. Not, not yet. yet. Okay. I will be. Okay. <laughs> so you're still incubating yourself. Yeah, like the uh, like the caterpillar. Yeah. Yeah. So. Definitely, man. Definitely. You know, I felt like I was reborn a couple of years ago. Cool. But I feel like I'm gonna be reborn again. It's something that happens frequently. Oh, it's a frequently. continual process. Yeah. Because yeah, there's always another height to be reached. I thought you know? back then when I was re when I felt reborn, I mean, it was just like, you know, a complete awakening to a lot of things in my life. Um, but, and, and I thought that I was like, okay, you know, this is it, right? Realization. This is my realization right now. This is it. No. It goes deeper. Yeah. You know? Well, at least for me, it, it goes, it's continuous, you know? Right. I, wa I want to keep on... Uh, it's a journey, not a peeling, destination. Yeah, I want to continue peeling off those layers, yes. you know, and going deeper and deeper and deeper. Um, so, awesome, man. So, on this journey, looking to be reborn, um, I hear, and there's a lot of, uh, a lot of noise about, uh, you're on a campaign, right? You're, you're coming up with a, a new album. Is yes. it already created? Are you done with it? Or are you still in the process of am, uh, producing it? I'm in the writing process right now. Okay. So I have I have a lot of song ideas, skeletons, like four or five songs that are like really good drafts that, you know, maybe need like that last 20%. You know, you're familiar with 80-20. Yeah. So... Uh, they like those last touches. Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually like last week. I wrote out. Like, I visualized. I visualized how I want the album to flow, and I made an illustration. And so I did the track list, and then I just drew like a little character that represents something to me next to each song, like uh -huh. where I want the energy to go. Okay. Um, there's an with like an intermission too. 
because you don't want to just go straight up immediately. Right? Yeah. You want you want to take your audience on that hero's journey. Okay. So that's what I aim to do is to transform the listener through listening to an entire album. Now I know people don't really write albums anymore in the traditional sense. Like back in the day, you used to put an album on and you would listen to the whole thing. Yeah. Because it would take you somewhere. Yeah. And it would bring you back and you would be changed by it. I know a lot of artists today, they write like singles and bangers, you know, like one yeah. hits. Yeah, you know, people people don't have enough time to sit there and listen to a whole album, yeah. you know, at least that's their approach to music because you go on Spotify or Pandora mm-hmm. and you're either just uh, going for the top list, uh, looking for a rap caviar, right. um, you know, or whatever the mix is and you only get to listen like one. Yeah. One song. That's you know, true. Of like someone, so. But this will be like... Uh, this album will be like a whole experience like yeah yeah you know no so but you know it it takes a lot of guts a lot of courage to kind of like throw yourself out there um, not only to want to create an album or to do it but uh, to actually build it on a sharing platform uh, or on a you know cloud uh, what's it called like SoundCloud no 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 um because you're, you're raising uh, money, right? Oh, uh, for, yeah, on GoFundMe. Yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah. like, you know, wh- what kind of um, was your thinking befi- behind uh, going on GoFundMe and, you know, asking people around you, um, you know, to, to invest in you and to believe in you? So, um, I wanted to give... Or not invest, but right, support. I know, you, I know, you know? Yeah. I want... What I aim to do is give everyone a chance to be a part of the creation of the album. And so I do have a lot of friends and like, I still have like fans who I talk to from when I used to DJ all the time. Okay. It was like four years ago and I still like have friends from nice. that. Nice, nice. And I want to build like a community around this album and around the music. So that's, that's mostly like the GoFundMe is, it's for people to, to show their support to help me create this album that I'm bringing essentially back for everybody else. You know, I'm, I'm going inside or I'm going other places and I'm getting these songs from the ether you yeah. know, and bringing them back for everyone else. And I want for, for as many people who want to be a part of that journey and they want to be a part of that experience, I've made the GoFundMe campaign so that they can be part yeah. of that. Yeah. Going within is a scary thing for a lot of people. Going within is undone by many. Going within, I think, should be respected and definitely supported. Um, so, I mean, you know, it's, it's one thing to kind of like know the outside and the aesthetics of someone else, friends, family, whoever it is. But there's only certain moments in life that like that the, their soul really comes out and is manifested in some way. Um, I think it's really interesting with music because you know if you're not trying to put out like a one-hit wonder or something to go on Spotify, you're definitely going within and you're going deep into that space, that unknown space. 
and you're transmitting your emotions, your experience, whatever's happening right now, whatever happened in the past, and basically almost like your dreams too. You know? I mean, that's full energy. So and you and you're and you want people to be a part of that. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty selfless, right? Because a lot of times too when they're like, "Oh, I'm going to go in." It's it's just because of me. You know, but you want to bring people with you and then you also want to show them this is this is what this is what I found. Mm-hmm. Right? So yeah. you're going to share what you found Definitely. on an album through music. Dope. <laughs> That's dope. Thank you. Yeah. Um, what have been in the past, you know, maybe year or so, what have been some of your, the most impactful experiences that you've um, been able to encounter that, you know, you feel might be channeled into this process of uh, producing your, your new album? Uh, yeah. Can you share a little bit of that? Okay. So about this time last year, I was at UNLV, completely stressed out, miserable. I was studying environmental science, which is like a noble degree, you know? The environment's very important, but it wasn't fully fulfilling me. But I was, I knew it was bad for me to be there, like emotionally, spiritually, physically, but I couldn't, for some reason, allow myself to come to terms with that Yeah. until actually had a few life-changing experiences um, at LifeCube, the LifeCube project that was... Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, where they burnt it down. They burnt it down. Yeah, yeah. And it reaffirmed something in myself that I had long forgotten. And then I made the decision, like, this is not you. You need to come back to who you are and continue... So I said goodbye to you and LB. Um, and I worked on a boat all summer and long too. You learn a lot from the water. That's yeah. all. That's all I'm gonna we're, say about we're that. We're at the ocean or lake or we're uh, at Lake Mead. Lake Mead. Okay. Yeah, but it gets so windy out there sometimes. Like there'd be six foot waves. What? Yeah. No way. Yeah. Wow. But yeah, you learn a lot from the water. Yeah, and definitely. I'll just leave that open for the audience to. I mean, we're made of 70% yeah. water, at least, right? So, um, Then I went to Burning Man, which is more like affirmations. Okay. And then I left Vegas and went to, to L.A. I had some challenges there, as people do when they leave their comfortable home life. Of course. And since I've left Vegas, I've been on that journey. Okay. And... I have the challenges, there's the ups, and then there's always something like as I'm like ready to like throw in the towel, because there's been a few times where I'm just like, am, am I doing this? Why am I doing this? There's always something or someone that like serendipitously comes along and it's like, nope, this is what you're doing. It's not easy, but you're doing it and you're on the right path. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, listen, uh, I mean, I'm in metaphor metamorphosis you know now yeah right? and it's a struggle it's a struggle within uh like we were talking about it's, it's it's in your head man it really is it is just like on the bike just you know? like riding up the coast like yeah like all oh, these headwinds are like 60 miles per hour on the coast or headwind like challenges for days cars everywhere it's raining like where am i gonna sleep none of that 
it's just cars on the side of the road trying yeah. to trying to you know go run over you run over you yeah and it's not even as bad as the mind tries to make it you know because the yeah. mind the mind always wants to talk you out of what's true to your heart yeah and so yeah and I have a I have a wonderful partner by the way her name is Sanam Erfani and she has been a huge inspiration and she helps ground me like when I'm in my head because I'm in my head a lot she, yeah. she helps me come back to the heart and that's I, what that's what I've learned from partnership with her is yeah how to live more in the body and in the heart and not so much in the mind yeah